Chapter 3 of With Links of Steel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gerald Moe, Tucker, Georgia. With Links of Steel by Nicholas Carter. Chapter 3 The Kilgore Diamond Gang now gentlemen only a few more questions and then i shall be ready to go at this case in a more energetic fashion said nick carter immediately after chick's departure were any of your clerks absent from the store mr venner at the time of the robbery as i was absent myself i cannot say replied venner rather dryly how about it garside you were here only one clerk a young man named Spalding was out of the store. Was he out on business? Yes, under my instructions, Venner quickly explained. We have numerous old accounts on our books, and just before I went uptown I sent Spalding out to try to make a few collections. I think he has returned by this time. It does not matter, since he was out under your instructions, said Nick, closing his notebook. Now, Mr. Venner, who among your employees knew that you thought of buying this lot of diamonds from Hafferman, or that you had called at his store to examine them? Not a soul, was the prompt reply. Are you sure of that? Absolutely. I had said nothing of the matter, even to my partner, there being nothing definite about it before I saw Senora Cervera this morning. I am sure that none of my clerks had any idea of my intentions nick was not so sure of it yet he did not say so he arose and took from venner's desk a block of plain paper which he laid upon the table gentlemen said he i want the signature of your firm in the handwriting of each of you kindly let me have this what's that for demanded venner abruptly i wish to make a comparison with the forged order which my assistant will presently bring from Mr. Hafferman, Nick coolly explained. I would suggest that you do not delay me. Venner made no reply, but took a pen and signed the firm's name upon the blank paper. Now yours, Mr. Garside. Mine also, Detective Carter, queried Garside with a look of surprise. If you please. Surely, cried Venner with some resentment, you do not suspect that Mr. Garside or myself, pardon me, Nick bluntly interrupted, I am not in the habit of discussing my suspicions. That I should suspect either of you, however, is utterly absurd. I should say so. Therefore do not argue with me over an absurdity. If I am to continue this investigation, gentlemen, I must do it in my own way. Either that, or I shall drop the case at once. Your signature, Mr. Garside. Garside hastened to take the pen, and dashed off the firm's signature below that of his partner. Nick tore the page from the block, then handed the latter to Venner. Now, Mr. Venner, said he, have each of your employees, from first to last, write his name with pen and ink upon this paper. Don't overlook one of them, not one, from your bookkeeper down to your office boy. If Spalding is still out, 
get his signature later and send it to me by mail i will wait here while you are thus engaged venner now vaguely perceived nick's suspicions and design and he could not consistently offer any remonstrance yet he plainly resented the idea that any of his clerks could have been guilty of cooperation with the criminals who had committed the robbery that morning and his dark features wore a grim and sullen expression when he took the block of paper and repaired to his main office nick carter sat and waited silently sizing up the case as he then saw it just as venner returned with the numerous signatures chick also put in an appearance again bringing with him the forged order which had been left at hafferman's store nick merely glanced at it then thrust it into his pocket did you see boyden he inquired of chick yes and spoke with him nodded chick what about him he looks all right did you get the signatures of hafferman and his clerks they are on this paper good enough let me have those of your employees mr venner are they all here yes all of them very good said nick putting the several papers into his pocket now chick what of the man who visited hafferman's store with the forged order he merely left the order and asked that the diamonds should be sent here at once what sort of a man dark about fifty with a heavy moustache and wavy hair said chick glibly quite a big fellow hafferman states hm ejaculated nick with a significant nod now mr garside describe the man to whom you delivered the diamonds raymond if that is the name he gave you he is a well-built smoothly shaven fellow of about thirty years with a sallow complexion slightly pockmarked ah i thought so nick curtly interrupted that's quite sufficient mr garside what do you mean carter quickly demanded venner do you already recognize these criminals i recognize their work and the men i've them in mind from the outset impossible not so mr venner nick now declared with emphasis without a shadow of a doubt sir you have been victimized by the notorious kilgore diamond gang a trio of the shrewdest and most daring scoundrels that ever stood in leather you amaze me do i inquired nick smiling softly well sir if i were to tell you the history of these rascals you would be more than amazed you would be astounded no crime is too desperate no knavery too hazardous no villainy too despicable for them to attempt and too often successfully execute they have perpetrated their crimes over two continents and are known to the police the world over that is not very complimentary to the police said venner dryly i marvel that such distinguished scoundrels are still at large a fact which stamps them no ordinary criminals replied nick pointedly nor are they sir what do you know of them detective carter david kilgore the chief of the gang is one of the shrewdest and most daring of knaves a man of splendid education polished manners and broad experience he possesses nerves of steel the cunning of a fox 
and would not shrink even from murder if his designs required it. Yet he invariably covers his tracks so cleverly, or so quickly vanishes when hard-pressed, that thus far he has successfully eluded the police. That's Dave Kilgore, sir. And what of his associates? inquired Venner. I think you spoke of a trio. His confederates are scamps of the same sort, and nearly his equal in craft and daring, replied Nick. Perry Dalton is one, the smooth pock-marked rascal whom you, Mr. Garside, had the pleasure of meeting this morning. He is nicknamed Spotty Dalton because of his slight disfigurement. And the other is a man named Matthew Stahl, more commonly called Matt Stahl. He is a Western man, a graduate of a California university, and is an expert electrician. Oh, I know all about them, laughed Nick, although this is the first time I have been up against them personally. I am rather glad to discover that they are here in New York. Why so, Detective Carter? Venner carelessly inquired, with a subtle gleam in the depths of his dark eyes because I have long wanted to match my talents against those of Dave Kilgore and his rascally push, declared Nick with grim austerity. The last I knew of them they were in Amsterdam, Holland, where some of the finest work in diamond cutting is done, as you doubtless know. Indeed, yes. They probably had to jump that country for obvious reasons, and very likely the European continent, added Nick. They have long avoided New York, and the fact that they are now here is significant of, well, well, we shall see. That's all, gentlemen. But what do you intend doing about this case? demanded Venner, as Nick abruptly rose to go. All that can be done, sir, the famous detective bluntly rejoined. I accept the case, Mr. Venner, and will do my best with it. When I have anything to report, you shall hear from me. But there really is nothing more to be said, gentlemen, and the sooner I get to work, the better, Nick gravely interposed. But will you advise me of any steps that you may take? persisted Venner, briefly detaining him by the arm. Very probably, nodded Nick, though really he probably would do nothing of the kind. And now, good day, gentlemen. If reporters call upon you, you may give them all of the facts, and state that Nick Carter is at work on the case. I want this Kilgore Diamond gang to know at the outset that I am after them, and fully resolved to land them where they belong. Behind prison bars, eh? inquired Venner with an odd smile. Yes, sir behind prison bars, declared Nick forcibly. Again, gentlemen, good day. You will hear from me later. Mr. Rufus Venner, with his partner at his elbow, stood in the office door and silently watched the two celebrated detectives as they strode quickly through the elegant store, from which they presently vanished into Fifth Avenue. There was a smile of subtle cunning, combined with cruel and malicious determination, on Venner's dark face, and he muttered under his breath as the store door closed upon Nick's imposing figure, Hear from you later, eh? Very good. 
very good indeed mr detective carter hear from you again that is precisely what i want early and often detective carter early and often if you please it is precisely for what the little robbery of this april morning was invented but was it necessary was it really necessary rufus whispered garside who alone had overheard and whose paler face and tremulous figure betrayed fears which his swarthy senior partner would have scorned to feel this carter is a most artful and discerning man i am so afraid that you have barked up the wrong tree was it necessary really necessary rufus venner turned upon him with a half-smothered snarl of contempt bah you'd be afraid of your own shadow garside if left alone with it he sneered between his white even teeth necessary of course it was necessary otherwise i should not have adopted the ruse we are about to attempt a big game an infernally big game when it matures when it is finally launched the very first concern that finds itself bitten will rush to nick carter for aid there's no doubt of that rufus surely no doubt of it he is the greatest detective in the country and the greatest will be none too clever nor too expensive for those who find themselves duped by our unparalleled design i should say so what will be the result philip what will be the result added venner with a curious mingling of exultation and asperity if our victims appeal to nick carter for help are we not also already in his good graces have we not ensured his confidence in us by this little move of to-day will he not reveal himself and his suspicions to us just as i have designed and keep us posted about his every move and so forewarned and forearmed of course he will to be sure he will but he is such a crafty and daring bah is he more crafty than dave kilgore demanded venner significantly is he more daring than spotty dalton or more determined than any one of the kilgore gang not by a long chalk philip and i know of them of whom i speak ay as much and more of them than does detective nick carter perhaps you are right rufus murmured garside nodding we certainly are about launching a tremendous and utterly unparalleled swindle the like of it was never never known there should be millions in it yes yes rufus you are right it was wise to preface our gigantic operations by getting well in touch with nick carter to be sure it was wise philip or i should not have taken the trouble to do so said venner with much less acrimony so be a man always philip and never a flunky you have played your part admirably this morning let it be played as well philip even to the finish even to the last ditch philip garside's color had returned and he smiled confidently and nodded in approval plainly enough this hushed yet emphatic intercourse between these two indicated one fact that detective nick carter was up against a far deeper game than he then imagined end of chapter three recording by gerald moe tucker georgia